Welcome to Conversation with H. We are with one of the UK's best songwriters. Oh, bro. UK's best songwriters, not no, it's the best gospel, best Christian. No, 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 one of the UK's best songwriters. Not only is the UK's best gospel songwriters, he's also has midnight oil. He's also simply cold. I know you've seen that. I know you've seen what this brother's doing. Head of African and Caribbean engagement at Tier 4. Listen, <laughs> busy, you know. This brother's busy. That's all I'm telling you. This brother is busy. So are you, bro? You, you got Head a start. No, son. no, 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 you got no. A son. Hold on. Child. What? That's busy. I'm trying to give him an intro, you know. Okay, sorry. Head start. This brother over here, amazing. Born and raised in Birmingham, now resides in the lovely city of London. <laughs> <laughs> The amazing, the superb, Seth Pinnock. How are you doing, Seth? Oh, mate, I appreciate that. That's really, really kind. Did you? Did you? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Good talk. So, for people who don't know who you are, who is Seth Pinnock? Well, you just said it. No, 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 no. You tell, you tell the people there. <laughs> so, um, who is Seth Pinnock? Seth is definitely, Seth is, uh, well, he's a son. Uh, he's a brother. He is, I was gonna say, a son, a brother, and a lover. Only joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, not yet. So, uh, so, a son and a brother. Yeah, I've got a broken heart right now. Bro. Oh, gosh. Yeah, anyway. A son, a brother, and um, a child of God man who uh, really believes uh, in purpose and pursuing that and wants to leave the world better than he found it. I like that. Did I leave anything out in the intro like that, that you're doing? Cause we're gonna get you time to promote everything. Nah, it's fine. Like, yeah. So, um, Symphony. Uh, we used to have a little Kingdom Boy line back in the day. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. So maybe, maybe we'll bring uh, it back. Bring it back. Who knows? Depends. Um, and then I do consulting for businesses mm. and uh, charities. Yeah. Um, I lead uh, the African Caribbean engagement team at Tier Funds. Um, lead a new thing, amazing gospel group, and. Uh, yeah, that's, that's me pretty much. Guys, I didn't even talk I about think. a new thing, you know. That's the craziest. <laughs> that's the craziest live recording twice. Symphony Hall, Birmingham Christian Centre. No, it's not Birmingham Christian Centre. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, what's it called? Birmingham City Church. City Church. Yeah, yeah. BCC. Oh, I should have said, if I said BCC, I would have got away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, acronyms, yeah. Anyway, when and why did you become a Christian? When and why did I become a Christian? I hate that question. Why? Because I'm a church boy, so I am a pastor's kid. So I don't think we get to decide when you become nah, a Christian. Now you do, you do. You know. Because there's a lot of pastor's kids who are out here in these streets. <laughs> <laughs> so you do. Um, so, so, I, so I, I went, yeah, you're right, you know. Because <laughs> there's a difference between a Christian and a, a believer, I guess. So I would say like, you know, I grew up in church. Yeah. Um, and church was all we knew. Church was all we had. Church was the, at the epicenter of our of our like growing up, our yeah. childhood. You know what I mean? It was the town hall of our community, and so it's what we what we did. Like you, your first girlfriend was in church. Like you know, you learnt to sing in church. You learnt to speak in church. Anyway, so um, grew up in church, and I think I personally made a proper like I got baptized at seven. Everyone is getting yeah, baptised yeah, 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 yeah. mad early. I got baptised at seven and you know what, to be honest, I got baptised in a Spider-Man t-shirt, you know. I'll never forget that. I got baptised in a Spider-Man t-shirt. I didn't plan that I was going to get baptised. We were in a service on Pentecostal and the service was very It was moving, it was moving. The spirit was moving, God was doing his thing. People were, you know, like going in and um, people just, like a lot of the young people just wanted to get baptised, bro. And a lot of the teenagers at the time wanted to get baptised mm. and I just wanted to join in, so I said, you know, dip me as well. <laughs> so I took a dip in the pool. Um, so I got baptized at seven, and uh, I don't know how, like, I don't know how, like, deep to go. Like, we used to have these things called tarrying. So oh gosh, oh gosh. <laughs> anyway, is he trying to get you to speak in the Holy in, the, yeah. in tongues? Because <laughs> we we believe that. Well, well, you know. They believed, or we believed, depends on your theology, that you know, 
that um, you know, salvation was but as much baptism as it was speaking in other tongues. Yeah. And so there were nights that you had to, de- there were nights dedicated to, just for that, just to the pursuit of that. You know what I mean? Like, no homework tonight, you go to Tokyo. <laughs> Forget school. Forget school. <laughs> GCSEs. What's the point? Shout hallelujah. Remember, you're like, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. <laughs> Until you frothed up the mouth. <laughs> And then suddenly, <laughs> God pitied you and gave you, you're like, oh, I feel sorry for that guy. Oops, I feel sorry for him. And then, you know, so, um, so yeah, but, so I was in that culture, yeah. but like, and I believed, but I guess my own personal relationship with God started probably when I was 15. Okay. Yeah. That's good. So how was it? <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Se- seven. Like, finally. Seven fifty. I know, isn't it? That's my. How many years is that? That's eight. Uh, okay. That's Accountant. Eight. Yes. Maths. <laughs> <laughs> I would have taken me a while to get to to get to, to work work out what that was. So what was it like growing in growing up in a house with three other brothers? Oh, uh, and you being the oldest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was the I'm the eldest of three boys. Um, uh, life was difficult because uh, my again my parents separated. Oh, okay. They separated because of again theological disputes. Yeah. yeah. And so I became quite a um, a leader in the house automatically because you're the eldest, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. But my yeah my brothers are my best friends, man. Like mm. it was it was a lot of fun times, a lot of crazy times. Um, a lot of sad times, mm. um, but yeah, we stuck together. And like, I would write songs, and they would they would be my first choir. You know what I mean? Like, or yeah, I, like to this day, they're the people that I can be my most self with. Oh. So like, yeah, sick. Because we've seen the video on the Instagram. Mm? We seen it. We seen the video on the Instagram. <laughs> yeah. With the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Started off with you. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was channeling Whitney Houston. Mm. Yeah, but Whitney didn't want to stay. Whitney, <laughs> <laughs> really didn't want to stay, so she, yeah, so she, she left. Yeah. Who, out of the four of you, is the most annoying? Uh, now or then? Now. Now. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> I'd, I'd, none of them. Just equally. Well, or equally. Which camera do I look at? This one. Straight. This one. straight. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> which one is the most annoying? I don't know about an- annoying. Probably, ah, uh, that's, that's annoying. How do you define annoying? Okay, maybe not annoying, but who's the one? I can, I can give you characteristics. Okay, give me characteristics. Yeah, yeah. So Ezra is 100% the most emotional. Okay. He is definitely the mother's, the mother's boy in the house. Like, in the house, he's married now. Yeah. But, like, he's definitely, like, the emotional one. Amos is the most... Amos is Phoebe from Friends. <laughs> like, that is Amos. And Shem is the diva. Yeah. Yeah, Shem's Beyonce. So who are you? Just a child of God. Oh bro. my gosh. Someone that seeks his face daily. <laughs> Calls upon him when he is the one he is near. I am I'm probably the uh, uh, they I'm probably the most like spontaneous okay. ad hoc. Like, let's do this, let's create this. Let's, I'm the, probably the most crazy or... Um, Julie, one, of my, one of my drummers, Julian, said that I'm um, uh, complicated but worth it. So that's what, that's what I guess that's I am. That's, yeah. I'm a lot of things. <laughs> What's your funniest childhood memory? Uh, funniest childhood memory? Funniest childhood memory. There's so <laughs> there's so many. Uh, probably my seventh birthday was fun. Okay. Um, what happened? Uh, uh, well, we had a huge bouncing castle, and my mum bought me a climbing frame. So oh, you was yeah, yeah. you was enjoying life. It was sick. <laughs> it was sick. And then you was, yeah, you yeah. was becoming a Christian that yeah. same year as well. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Seven was a good year, bro. Um, <laughs> But I think I think I think for us, uh, uh, most of the funniest things we saw yeah. in our childhood happened happened in church. That's the best place. <laughs> that is the best so, place. Yeah, like we saw a lot, a lot of crazy things. Yeah, you do. Mm, yeah. So, what advice would you give to your younger self? What advice would I give to my younger self? And why? Ooh. What advice would I give to my younger self? I'll tell my younger self to. 
um, seek to be authentic quickly. Mm. Otherwise, you're gonna end up hating what you've become. Really? Yeah. Why that? I would. Why that? Because I think uh, I've got this theory here that we all start life from a place of absolute innocence and yeah. a place of absolutely enjoying who we are, mm-hmm. and we are our absolute authentic self. We are who we are, and then suddenly life hits you in the face mm. <laughs> and all sorts of stuff happen and um and you start being aware of your surroundings and opinions of others mm-hmm. and um you know everyone else pulls on you to become something it's almost like you're a lump of clay and all these other punches like mold you into something that you weren't originally mm. and then we spend the rest of our life trying to like unlearn and unmold and adjust ourselves through therapy and Jesus and prayer and worship and education mm. and schooling and family and falling in love. And we just try and pursue getting back to that authentic version of ourselves. Mm. Um, and I'll tell my younger self, bro, like, you are enough. Mm. Be you, because no one else can do it. So. What was it like being the oldest, growing up in a household where your parents are split and you've kind of had to be the man of the house to a certain degree? What was that like? Yeah, so I guess in retrospect it was hard, but like in the midst of it, it is what it is. Like, yeah. it's all you know. It's like, it's like when, when um, I hear quite a lot of wealthy people now who grew up poor saying they didn't know they were poor because that's what if everyone was. around you is poor, like, this, is, this, is, this is what it is, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so like for me, it, it was what it was. Like, um, and I just did my best to be there for my mom, who's like a strong, praying, s- stubborn <laughs> Jamaican woman, <laughs> who I love with all my heart and amazing, but like just trying to be there for her yeah. um, and try and navigate that this, like as as cliche as it sounds, this won't be this way always. Mm. Um, and I guess that's where I get my fuel is to try try and create a world where for my family or for my mom or for the people that are in my life, where that circumstance that we were in mm. like would be no longer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so from an early age, you just become creative and imagine a world that you could occupy, and then you try and work out how do I create things so that that can be the world that I live in because the world I'm in right now is not it's not cool yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean so is that how something like midnight oil kind of sparks sparks yeah, from that yeah so midnight oil definitely came from a place of absolute pain man really like, yeah yeah 100 percent like a lot of pain um so I went through like you know when you're away from when you're split from your like like you don't, I didn't really know my dad, mm. but he was present in the house. Got yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's what Jamaican parents do, you see. But anyway, <laughs> I just don't understand, bro. Like, especially church. Like, church hurt, boy. Listen, the things we have survived, <laughs> bro. Bro. Oh Jesus. Anyway, so dad was dad was present, but not present. Yeah. Um. Hella busy, spent all his time in church, mm. um, or working. Uh, so he'll be working full time and then doing church full time, um, and that was tough because he didn't really have a relationship. We didn't really have a relationship with him. Oh, yeah. So like, my relationship was primarily with my brothers and mum and, and my mum, and I guess that detachment from my dad um, kind of fostered quite a lot of insecurities and low self esteem. Some stuff happened in my childhood which was pretty traumatic that, mm. again, kind of reinforced a sense of not knowing who I was. Mm. Um, and, like, without definition or language for it, yeah. kind of sank into a pit of depression mm. um, and made peace with disappointment, you know? Got ya. And just felt like this um, world that I was in, I'm repeating myself, but this world that I was in was not, like... Where not, you want to be. Yeah, where I wanted to be, mm. and um, so yeah, so that like brought thoughts of suicide, um, um, really um, a sense of being rejected, um, and like I'm talking about real reject. Like I couldn't. I remember being so afraid 
to walk into a barbershop because I didn't want to be around tall masculine figures. I remember being like that guy that sat by himself during lunchtime uh, in the dinner hall because I didn't want to be around people. Wow. So it was really to and, and processing that by yourself, mm. um, because like old school church, there's no like youth leaders. So I don't mind youth leaders, but they're all like, you know, 50 years old. They haven't done no youth ministry <laughs> training. <laughs> no, training like that. no, no. They just got a child who's 14. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they never tried in Jamaica that no one knows. Um, but <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> but you're talking the truth, though. Um, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so anyway, so processing that as a young boy was really, really hard. Yeah. Um, I forgot your question. So, what was, so what was, was question? talking about midnight oil and saying, yeah, did cool. stem from? So, yeah, so um, processing that was really hard. And however, my mum, from a young age, made sure that prayer and worship was of our daily routine, Got our weekly routine. So Saturdays, we used to have to sit by her bedside mm. before we could watch cartoons and um, sing sing songs from the Pentecostal hymnal and the um, and read scripture. Yeah. And we used to hate it. And we used to like she had, she was the one that said he was going to pray like oh, you know, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. going to pray and then you're going to pray. She yeah, would yeah. pray last, and her prayer would be like forty minutes or <laughs> falling asleep. Um, but like, I feel like somehow I, that kind of embedded in me that there's something about the presence of God that's therapeutic, mm. something about the presence of God that can take you from where you are to where you need to be. Um, uh, like there's something about the presence of God that is, that is freeing. Um, so fast forward to 15, mm. I'm in this dark pit um, and it's literally like probably midnight um, and I decided instead of like thinking about suicide or wanting to give up, mm. I just started to sing. And I remember having a Walkman, um, yeah, yeah, Walkman's cassette, cassette bro. Mm. Even though I'm, you know, I'm 21 years old, uh, <laughs> but there was a Walkman somewhere. And um, yeah, so I started playing uh, Total Praise by Richard Small oh, over and over again. And um, tears coming down my eyes and the presence of God came in my room and I started to like see things that I've never saw before, hear things that I've never heard before um, and really realise that God's hand was on my life. Mm. Um, and I left that night um, with a vision um, and almost like a burden to try and find a way to take the serum off the atmosphere and bring it to as many people as I could. And um, yeah, I wrote the vision down um, and yeah, spoke to people about it and I guess the rest is history, really. So what's the one thing that you'd say you've learned from starting something like Midnight Oil? Because over, over a decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Started in 2007. What is the one thing I've learned from Midnight Oil? That you thought, oh, maybe I, oh, should I have done it that way? Could I have done this better? Could I have done, what's the one thing you just like, if I'd known this at the start, it would have changed, it would have been much better, it would have been this. What's the one thing? Um, if I'd known this at the start. <laughs> find the money. <laughs> <laughs> find, find the money first, you know, yeah. Um, find the money first. Mm. I guess that's more from an event management, project management. But it's all part of, of thing. it. So yeah, find the money. Um, and I don't know, you know what's hard to, why it's hard to answer that question? Yeah. Because I feel like all the mistakes and all the, like, the mountains of the market, it is, you know, it is, it is. And I feel like if I tweaked one thing, then everything else would just unravel. And so you just gotta, you just gotta surrender to the journey mm. and, and be okay with the mystery. Yeah, yeah. That, like, yeah, there were times there was more debt than I could like bear. And yes, there were times where some crazy things happened. And yes, there were times where, you know, girls tried certain things and, and boys and all sorts of wonderful stuff. But you know, like, yeah. it's all part of the journey, bro. Nah, and yeah. um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't change, yeah. I would never have imagined that writing a vision on a piece of paper yeah. after being in like a pit of depression and darkness would then turn into seeing thousands of people come and worship and be empowered mm. and 
denominations and local churches getting involved and like 300 volunteers, 150 different churches. I would never have thought that, nah, bro. I would never have imagined that. That's never. Crazy. That would be at like Bethel Convention Center and Wembley Stadium and like Symphony Hall. Like you can't see that stuff. Like it's, it's, it's insane. That's crazy. So when did you know that you could hit those four settled made notes? Ah, interesting. <laughs> interesting pivots. You there. see how yes. just because yes. obviously Seth and mm. Seth and a new thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. How does that? How does that link yeah, in with Midnight Oil? Know, that's a good question, yes. So I was doing, so, <laughs> so I was doing Midnight Oil and uh, I've always been in the like, like you know, worship singing has been cool, but I'm not, like, I didn't really believe in my voice and I didn't really want to. Like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still, I but still you, struggle. You, you know? You've been singing from? From, from little, from little, from little, from little, from little, little yeah, S yeah. to yeah. now Seth P. Yeah, yeah, You get me? Yeah. You didn't believe in the vocals? Nah, I didn't. I didn't. Nah, not fully. Nah, man. I didn't believe in the vocals. And I would I would not believe in it to the point where I'll just outsource worship or oh. outsource worship teaming to other people. Mm. And so there was a year where we were bringing in different worship teams to be the main worship, like, for the, for the weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the leader of that um, kind of got um, somebody pregnant. So, um... So they couldn't do it anymore. Okay. So then I just had to like quickly figure out. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna have to create my own worship team. Yeah, there's no like magical amazing. So you actually God got pushed. Story, you got you know? pushed into kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no like you know. I prayed that the Lord. And the Lord, the Lord no, said no, two, no. two sopranos. Nah, two. Like, <laughs> it was like, we need to get a praise team together real quick. And I thought, let's call it a new thing. And uh, yeah. That is... Yeah, we, and then we put it together. And that was in uh, that was in 2010. So three years later after you started Midnight Oil. Yeah, don't do that, because then people do calculations and work out who we're talking about. Okay. Yeah, so let's not do that part. Let's not do that. But grace <laughs> covers all our sins. There you go. So we move forward, Midnight Oil. We move forward with Seth and the New Thing. We get to live recordings. Yeah, man. What was that like? Yeah, that was crazy. Because so, you've got, you had, you got two, you got two oh, in the bag. Certain people, certain people ain't got one. <laughs> you're trying to guess me. You got two in the bag. By God's grace, bro. Two God's, in the by bag. By God's grace, small, small. Um, uh, so how did that happen? Oh, bro, I used to walk past the Symphony Hall on my way back from, because um, I did architecture at uni. Okay. And I've always been into design and like product design, art, interiors, like yeah. that kind of creative stuff is all part of me. And so I used to be obsessed with the Symphony Hall. I thought it was one of the most beautiful, like, auditoriums I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, down the Royal Albert Hall in, and Sydney Opera House. Mm. Um, one day, in Jesus' name. Um, you know what I mean? You've got to put it out there, bro. Um, and uh, yeah, I used to walk past it on my way back from sixth form, and I used to put my hands on on the. Um, this sounds crazy, isn't it? Put your hands on the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like I said, it. I was like, probably oh, what? I must have been sixth form. So you what? 18? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of. 17. Yeah, yeah. 16, 17. Yeah, I put my hands on the wall and I said, one day I'm going to do a live, a live recording here, a live album. Because I was always writing songs, but yeah, nobody yeah. heard it. My brothers heard the songs. Um, yeah, but nobody really knew that I was writing songs. Um, yeah, and then in our seventh year, mm. we uh, approached them and they said yes, and then we put it together, man. And we did our first live recording there, which I will, like, so it was. Done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rhythm. Rhythm. Oh, thanks, bro. Um, yeah, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. Yeah. It was a disaster at the same time, but it was an amazing experience. How you mean? It was a disaster, bro. Like, the EDL decided to have a protest outside the same oh, day. Yes. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Lee Rigby got his head cut off by a. By a so EDL yeah. decided, oh, let's protest in Birmingham. And they decided to protest straight outside the Symphony Hall. Same day as my event through. Biggest event ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we had stewards being chased by like <laughs> nationalists. <laughs> <laughs> like that doesn't show you Wow. This stuff. Like, um, yeah, it was a bit peak. Yeah, but um, it was the best of times and the worst of times. Okay. And uh, 
we recovered and God is good. And then we moved forward to the second live recording. Yeah, so we did the second five years later. So it took us a while to recover from, from <laughs> the drama. <laughs> um, but then we did. We went on tour. We did some other stuff in yeah. between, and we developed. We were, we were developing like you know the whole kind of symphony Simply thing. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, so we went went for it again. We we got to our tenth year of Midnight Oil, and I thought, how do we? I thought, how do we celebrate 10 years and how do we bring that chapter to a close? Because mm. I felt like it was time to bring that to a close. And I thought, yeah, another album would be great to do. And um, so, yeah, a new thing, Adrian Moore, Monique, um, Monique Graham um, and the team, we, we put it together, man. It was a, I, I, I personally think it's an amazing album. Oh, of course it is. Like, I love it. I listen to, I listen to it like I'm a fan. Oh, yeah, of course yeah, it is. Yeah, and really what? Cool some people won't realise is because from when you actually did the live recording to yeah. when it came out, yeah, yeah, it was like two years. Yeah, yeah, it was two years. So what was the obstacles yeah, in yeah, that? Because yeah. people are just going to look at it like, yeah, Seth, yeah. hold on, we went to your concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we recorded in July 2017 and the album came out in June 2019. Yeah. Um, so first of all, like, we, everyone, we got jobs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Jobs. Like so, like work was happening. Yeah. Um, uh, we didn't really struggle with the money things because God really opened doors and people kind of gave yeah. and blessed us. Um, but we wanted to make sure that the album was like as as close to perfect as possible. So we we pined over it, bro. We poured over it, man. We're doing overdubs, do some more music stuff, mm -hmm. changing some things around. We sent it to America to get mixed we sent it to south africa africa to get to get mastered, mastered. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 then we had some more tweaking done to it then we got then we had all the videos because oh, yeah. the whole thing was recorded yeah, like yeah. as in like captured video wise um so we like wanted to get all that stuff done you just wanted to do it well you know what i mean and um i guess if you want to do things well things take time so um, yeah, and I don't feel like there was a need, like, a need to rush something mm. that you wasn't really fully um, happy with, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the state of the UK gospel industry, you know, I could put out something in 10 years and be like, yeah, well, you know, we're very slow in the UK. We are. Yeah. We're picking up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think so, sir? Bro, I've been in this game for a while, bro. You have. I think I feel like we need to definitely um, we need leadership. Okay. Yeah. When you say leadership, what do you mean though? In um, terms of like pioneers or what, what? What are you talking about in terms of leadership? I think uh, leadership is like um, bringing all those that are movers and shakers and yeah. doers together. Yeah. Um, and not just said doers and not just talkers, mm -hmm. and really um, having like a plan of action, a plan of a strategy, um, giving us our marching orders and having some kind of joined up proposition and rollout nationally mm. um, that has national buying across the UK um, church, primarily the black church, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, and I think until that happens, until there is a leader that really Does like, that. brings us to that space, we will be very fragmented and in our fragmentation, we will continue to be a bit slower than we should be. Mm. Because um, we like there's some amazing gifted people, man, talented people, incredible artists, incredible musicians, mm. um, and I just I just wish that we could truly reflect what what I know we are in the world. The gifts that we have yeah, in yeah. actually being able to produce yeah, and put man, it I wish, out. I wish we could, man. I wish we could. You could but we need leadership. You could, you could, we you, need you, you could, leadership. You could, you could. We need <laughs> leadership. Don't gas it up. You are the leader, bro. No, it's going to start as a, no, as a talk show and then it's going to move into uh, a TV show. Oh, yes, an actual TV show. And then it's going to move to a, like Oprah, a, a channel. Here we go. And then a church. Are you finished? I think so. Okay. Well, you are a leader, though. You do know that, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. You praise God for that. What? You try to add all them extra stuff in there. Yeah, give them more responsibility. I haven't seen, bro. He's not heard. Oh, praise God. So, did you... Okay, let's go on that. So, did you feel like you were well-supported when you put the album out? Uh, did I feel like... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. But then nobody owes you nothing. That's true. So, I feel like... Oh, bro, don't start me off. Oh, we're here now. We're here, Seth. We're here. <laughs> 
<laughs> Nobody owes you nothing, bro. It's like, true. I think oftentimes we expect, um, we ex- like this idea of support me, support me, support yeah, yeah, yeah. me. Like, put, put out good stuff. Like, like work to hard. Talk to them. Do like, do your due diligence. Like, like, are you knocking on the doors of uh, the people that are running the playlists or the radio hosts? Do them. you have a rollout plan? Do you have a database? Do you have like, or are you just expecting like to post something on Instagram and that stuff to happen? And people like, just flock to you. Know me? Like, I, so yeah, so like, absolutely, I felt supported because we have done. We've been on this for like over ten years. Like we've built some really great relationships mm. with people. People love us, trust us. By God's grace, the, like the, the hand of God is on us. There's favor. Um, but at the same time, bro, like no one knows you anything, man. You gotta just you gotta you gotta plow. You gotta work. That is the I, truth. I feel like we we all want the you want the glory, but not the the gushy stuff that gets you there. People want the result, not the process. Yeah, yeah. See, this is why you're a pastor. Okay. It is. This guy. <laughs> so, I'll come on to that question in a little bit. So, with all that you've done, inside the church, mm. you're still prospering even more so. Am I, am I prospering? Prospering. You don't know my credit rating. Hey, forget, <laughs> you don't know. Let's just talk about career. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about you credit. Know my, you don't know my credit rating, bro. You don't, don't know, know my I, credit rating. You don't know it, bro. <laughs> I don't know if I'm prospering. Well, in terms of I'm like... I'm not a member of SPAC, they shit. No, oh, no SPAC, why? Remember, you remember SPAC? What, what do you mean, remember SPAC? Like, they're not around no more. Uh, well, they've split into four. Into the, the five. The, the five, yeah. like the five rivers. SPAC so, ain't around no more. Okay. Anyway, so... <laughs> oh, so I, was, I was getting scared. <laughs> <laughs> I thought somebody heard us. I thought they were outside. I was like, oh God. So, like the Russians in the career, yeah, in your career outside of 718, yes, sir. You become the head of African and Caribbean engagement at Tier 1, yeah, man. Charity, how did you get that Mm, role, career? How how does Seth, the songwriter, go into doing something like that? Mm. So, I've never, so this is this is very, you're very, you're good, you know. Like, it's a good question. Um, so I've never uh, wanted to just be known as a songwriter, okay. 100%. Like, that's really something that I've never wanted to be pigeonholed into. Or the whole kind of artistry thing. Yeah, yeah, Because, yeah. like, for me, I personally feel like there's more to me than that. And I came from, like, my mum absolutely buried us, soaked us in the need for education. And uh, not that creativity is not education, yeah, but, yeah. like that you know like to pursue like academics and qualifications and like watch so I wanted to be an architect oh yeah, yeah um, um and out of that architecture stuff came out a heart for creativity and and also business and mm. so I've always like been interested in business and enterprise yeah. and consulting and like all that kind of cool things um I used to be really like I'll tell you a quick like sad God, me and my brothers yeah we used to let us know let us know we used to um like put on bloomberg on the tv and pretend that we were trading stocks i know bro oh my dear i thought you just said that that's so mad yeah 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 yeah. even the cameraman's laughing that's not you're supposed to be professional no like that's yeah yeah so we used to have like and we used to like get loads of paper and then put random numbers on (laughs) yeah bro and we're like okay i'll trade it i don't know what we're doing anyway so Oh, father. So I say that to say that, like, essentially, blah, blah, blah. So, business and all that stuff. That's how much you love business. It's always been more than, yeah, yeah. It's always been more than music. And uh, with that said, so as you're doing events, you learn that, like, doing events, Midnight Oils, the men's conferences we're doing, the women's conferences we started doing, the press stuff we were doing, Mm. like, that is as much as an event and and, and a ministry, uh, like, exploration mm. exploit as it is like business because yeah, there's correct. budget there's yeah. things that you need to cover there's stuff you have to raise there's things you have to be aware of and so you're learning all that stuff 
And then as people started to see it as successful, mm. uh, people started to call on me to advise, how, did, how do you do what you do? Oh, yeah. And so from that, I set up a little consultancy firm um, and uh, was able to like, start paying the bills via consulting of organisations nice. about that. Um, that kind of caught wind and I was able to employ some people, which was great. Well, I say employ, you know, let me not gas people. Like, you know, let, let's not get HMRC coming from <laughs> Get people on as freelancers. And, you know what I mean? You know, people like employ people like I'm that guy. Anyway, um, get people on in as freelancers and develop a kind of firm thing. Mm. Um, that caught wind and I got invited onto a, this is, this is how I got into Tear literally. Mm. I got invited onto a boat on the Thames. And on this, this boat, <laughs> this boat on the Thames was hosting a dinner yeah. um, uh, for how the black church and the white church can start building, reconciling and working together. Yeah. So I was invited onto, onto this dinner on this boat, this big boat on the Thames, which was the guy that owned the boat was on the Thames, rich millionaire guy. And um, I sat by someone, actually a good friend called Jake Clifford, mm -hmm. just randomly sat by this guy called Jake, who I happened to know his dad. His dad was Steve Clifford, is Steve Clifford, okay. who was the head of the Evangelical Alliance. And, um, and so me and Jake just started talking, and then he said to me that he was head of events at Tear Fund. And I said, oh, Tear Fund's cool, I've heard of them, X, Y, Z. Um, and uh, he's, we started talking about life, about journey, about the organisation, about philanthropy, about philanthropy, philanthropy. <laughs> yeah. uh, and um, he uh, then said, oh, you should come to Tearfriend and talk to some of our staff. So I went to Tearfriend and talked to uh, some of the uh, teams there about how they could better do some of the stuff that they were doing in the UK. And um, that then turned into a, oh, would you like to do one day a week for us as a consultant, mm. and that's how I, I did that. That one day it turned into two days. And then I said, you know what, we really need a team. And then they wrote a strategy for the organization. And this is a huge organization, mm. like fifth, works in 50 of the poorest countries in the world, um, does some amazing and really effective things. Um, one of the top three uh, Christian charities in the UK, mm -hmm. sits on the, the board for the UN's disaster response. Yep. Um, so it's, it's a heavy hit, you know what I mean? Um, so we wrote a strategy for uh, how they can um, better engage with communities um, that don't look like what the communities in there look like. Yeah. Um, and developed a team, named the team mm. ACE, African Caribbean Engagement, and, and now I head up the team there. So how did you get in, going through that whole process? That's an amazing process yeah. to go from a boat. Yeah, from a boat to developing a department in an organisation. That <laughs> That's God's grace, bro. Definitely is. So but every touch leaves a trace, you know. So mm. I'll never forget, someone said that to me um, many years ago, and it stuck with me, that every touch leaves a trace. So no matter what room you're in, uh, what meeting you're invited to, mm -hmm. what luncheon you're going to, or what random like review, what you know, carnival you're going to, no matter where you're going, you never know who you're going to meet, what yeah. conversation you're going to have, <laughs> what conversation you're going to have, and um, what impact that could make. Mm -hmm. And who would speak your name many months, years, weeks, days later, because, oh, I met this. So you have always been, like, I've always been aware that you should always honour the, the moment. Yeah. Um, with, like, be present, bring your full self into that space. And I guess that's... That's, that's what you've like, been doing, isn't it? I guess I've tried to, bro. You're doing a great job at it so far. Thanks, man. So, did you take what you've learned at Tear Fund to then really start and build mm. Symphony Call? Or was yeah. it Symphony Call was always there already? Yeah, so, so um, the whole Midnight Oil event mm. sat under an um, organisation which I formed back in the day called God's Bride Ministry. Yes, I remember that. Yes, because I was deep. I was trying to be deep. Yes, like a lot of these apostles these days, that's I've only established an opinion. Um, yes, I was trying to be. <laughs> I was trying to be deep for yeah. no reason, and um, I guess because I came from old school church as yeah. well. So uh, you know. So anyway, so we used to call it God's Bible Ministries, and also because there was rumours around Birmingham that I was starting my own church. So yeah, yeah. So 
Because, yeah, because the kind of church I came from, like a 17-year-old boy yeah. putting on a youth conference, inviting everybody to it, like I was seen as quite a maverick. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so uh, we sat under that name for many years and then I realised that that's not, it doesn't reflect where we're going, it looks like where we've come from. Mm. And so I took my team through like a, literally a three-year process of trying to work out and, and hearing from God in terms of where are we trying to go and how do you reorganise, reposition, reinvent, yeah. refresh mm. yourself to look like what, where the future is. Otherwise, you'll be blockbuster in a Netflix world. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's true. Um, and uh, I guess when we hit our tenth year, I, that's when I thought, yeah, Symphony is the is the name, and this is what we're trying to do. Mm. Um, and that kind of ran parallel with my career at Tearfund. Okay. Um, but because Tearfund is fifty years old and has been doing some amazing things for 50, 50 years, five hundred employees plus, like there's so much I can learn from mm. that space. Um, and give, but like I'm really, really intentional about learning as much as possible there. Um, and so Symphony definitely has almost um, like grown up and evolved from where we were mm. back in the day. Um, and I really believe it's going to do some really great things. So let's talk about Symphony in terms of. Let's talk about Symphony. So you put out so much stuff in terms of like trying to raise funds and X, Y, and Z. And when you did the Midnight Oil, the 10th anniversary, yeah. you talked about it, the schools yeah, and X, Y, Z. Do you not think it's mad? And it's now so the mad. whole yeah, yeah. Black Lives Matter movement has mm. now started and you've seen a massive influx of just yeah. people wanting to give just because they see what you're doing. Tell us a little bit more about Yeah, so 27, So I guess when I was taking the team through this whole, how do we transition? What are we trying to be? What are we not? That's really important for us to work out who we are and who we are not. Mm. So yeah, as we were working out who we were, we were able to land it with four things. Um, and you know that whole kind of elevator pitch, you should be able to explain what yeah, you are. Yeah. So like, um, so Symphony does four things, Unite, Create, Lead and Help. Um, Symphony seeks to create platforms and build spaces for people to become all that God's called them to be. Mm. So that Unite, Create, Lead and Help thing, is, is that's what we're going to do and that's all we're going to do like there's other people that are doing other great things and yeah. we want to cheer them on but like unite so unity is a big deal for us mm -hmm. we want to do gatherings and tours under the unite bout um create we want to help people create stuff so we're hoping to launch a uh, publishing arm for people mm. to write books like people to do theater and plays and youtube and films yeah. and songs so like we're working with becca folks with her album kind of stuff so create sits under that that's where the records sit and the books and that because um lead is we want to we want to raise a generation of leaders that are complementers and not competitors mm. um because we both know like for us to especially as black people for us to move forward faster mm. we have to be complementers and not competitors um, and help so that's what i was talking about help is uh, our schools thing so we want to provide free education to black boys mm. in line with the national curriculum um, um how that local churches um uh, as well as mentorship programs as well um and i was talking about this just throwing it into the atmosphere man because mm. oftentimes that's that's all i've done like just keep talking about it until it happens like, even if you don't have the money or the resource or the people or the know-how, just keep talking about it. So 2017, I was talking about this, this mm. vision that we've got um, to equip, empower, and educate young black boys. Um, and uh, we were planning to fund that via the tour. So mm -hmm. the new album came and we were going to go around the UK and uh, fund it with the profits from the tour. Obviously, that, you know, Boris said stay in your yard. Yep. So we had to stay in our yard. And the tour got cancelled. But the plans were already in place yeah. and I, I'm really intentional about like I'm a creative, I'm a wannabe businessman mm. and like and and um, yeah and I, I love people yeah but what I'm not is uh, what I'm not I'm not in the education sector I'm not a teacher I'm yeah. not a, a head of year I'm not a tutor so I, I wanted to be really intentional about surrounding myself with people that are strong where I'm weak or know stuff that are, like where my blind spots are yeah. so I threw it out like just give for me for people that want to like grow vision like give it away man mm. like be really generous about inviting people into that story mm. and helping them see themselves in that space and um, so I got like booked up with a couple, like, couple friends like Matthew Popo, shout out to Matthew, mm. different people that I've met across the many years that I've been running around the UK 
and said, oh, this is something that we're trying, this is the direction we're trying to go in, can you help? Mm -hmm. So we formed a working group, no money, you know, <laughs> no, no plans of where we're going to put these young people or like what venues we can use, not a dime. <laughs> like, so we put a working group together, started to plan what this could look like, what will classes look like, mm. how many like uh, laptops will we need, banners, like what was safeguarding look like, started to just dream together and write all this stuff down mm. and all the plans were in place. And we got to a point where you can't keep planning like you, like you planned, mm -hmm. but we're just like, okay, where's the money going to come from? And I remember like we were all in the, around the table, and Matthew said, "So where's the money going to come from?" And I said, "The money will come." Um, and then the unfortunate, well, then first COVID hit, mm -hmm. and we saw that one in four black people are passing away from this terrible virus. Mm -hmm. And then we saw like George Floyd being executed on live TV. And I was numb, bro. I don't know how you were, but I was really numb, really disorientated. And um, like, I'm a fixer in it. Like, I'm, I'm and maybe because of the stuff that happened in my childhood, I'm always just trying to, how do I create a world that gets me out of the world that I'm in? Mm. Wow, we've just looped the whole company. Yeah, how do I create a world that gets me out of that world? Yeah. Mm. So I'm trying to work out what do I do? What kind of contribution can I make mm. that is um, long term sustainable? And it's more than just, not that marching isn't great mm -hmm. uh, or, or uh, protest isn't, protesting isn't great because it's important, but how do I make a, like, put something in the ground that's a bit, you know, a bit more long term than that? Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, wow, we've already dreamt up symphony schools. So we put it online. I even tied a team I was going to do it. I just said, we're going to put a GoFundMe. Wow. And yeah, within, within a day, we raised like 2K. I think it was, yeah, I think it was the day. Within the day we raised 2K, within two months we raised 30K. Um, and more money's coming in, man. And by next month, September, mm -hmm. we'll have re recruitment. And by January, in Birmingham at least, we'll have 10 black boys that are getting free extra tuition in regards to the GCCs. Wow. How that local church is, um, so like these pastors or youth leaders can build relationship with these young black men. Hope to do it in London as well, mm. Manchester, and who knows, man, like, could roll out nationally That's nice. by God's grace. That is excellent. Yeah, that, is, that is really excellent. So, in all of that that you do, Symphony School, Symphony Coal, Midnight Oil. I mean, that was finished now, well, bro. Midnight was finished, but <laughs> Stefan, a new thing. In all the things that you do, Tear Fund, mm. what would you say has been the biggest obstacle in life? that you've had to overcome? Fear. And how did you overcome it? Fear, Or if you're still overcoming it? I think, I think you face fear every day. Mm. Every time you try and, uh, like that, you know, and as you said about like, when, if you're a lump of clay, you're getting punished and you get dismorphed into something that you're not. Mm. Every time you try and get back to that authentic self, it's fear that's stopping you. Mm -hmm. And I really believe your future on the other side of fear. But That's good. that is like, to uh, learn to push past, to jump over, mm. to get to that place, fear really holds you back, man. And, it, and it's this, like, what's the acronym for fear again? Like, false evidence appearing real. Yeah. It it's just, it's this aloof thing that's untangible. Like, I can't point to it. I can't, like, direct you to where it is. Like, it's not something I can grab hold of, but it is there, mm. like COVID. <laughs> and like, yeah, I really believe that if we all let go of fear, the world would be a better place. Mm. So what are your plans for the next 12 months? What, am I, what, what is anyone's plans for the next 12 months, bro? <laughs> really? Do you don't even know if it's going to be the Olympics. Like, are we going to make it to Christmas? <laughs> the Lord is coming soon. <laughs> we're going to pray. That's what we're going to do. What is our plans for the next 12 months? What was your plans for the next 12 months? Why? To get through? Get through. <laughs> <laughs> next 12 months, so that is what? That's uh, August next year. Yeah, August to August 21. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is our plans for the next 12 months? We're going to get every 5G mask down. That's what we're going to do. I don't we're know. We're going to speak to the Illuminati, oh, personally. <laughs> Bill Gates and all those men there, <laughs> you know, that got us into this situation. Oh. I'm joking, I don't believe in conspiracy theories. Um, uh, what's my plans for the next 12 months? 
there's lots of stuff in the pipeline. Yeah. There's lots. There's like planning for to do another album soon. Well, I say soon. Yeah. You know, like like Jesus is coming soon, soon. You know. <laughs> 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 you know? Um, uh, want to really create a space for the uh, for other artists. There's people in A and T, a new thing, the group that are amazing songwriters mm-hmm. and worship leaders in their own right. And we want to be really intentional about making this not just a Seth thing, but like helping push them to become. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll be doing some stuff with TBN soon nice. as well, which is exciting. That'll get announced. Um, yeah, man. Uh, we're doing some. St- we're we're planning to launch um, like a Christian kind of banky thing. At the moment, what are you talking about? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, not well. We're in, so there's this organisation called the Pentecostal Credit Union who mm. we're working with behind the scenes um, to launch a, a, a black nice. Monzoe thing. Nice. Soon. Uh, yeah, man. We just try and bro, just different things in the pipeline. I like that. Last question: What advice would you give to yourself with where you're at in life now? Get out. <laughs> Uh, what advice would I give myself now? Um, you know what, bro? Like real talk, I would say, um, I would say, put yourself first mm. a bit more. Mm. I think sometimes we can get obsessed with the doing and not the being, and uh, especially in London, man, you just, you just, it's just the grind. You're just chasing. You're doing. You. Going from here to there, and sometimes you can like forget like health is important, self care is important, mm. therapy is important, understanding who you are is important, taking a walk is important, mm. just building a relationship with family is important, like reading scripture, just not so much the what can I do, because we're not the Messiah. Like as much as like we've listed all the amazing things that I've got to get up to, yeah. I'm not Jesus, you know. Mm. I could die tomorrow and the world will continue. It's true, but like. It's just, I've just got this one body and I've got to try and steward it better. So mm. I think mentally, physically, spiritually, put yourself first. I like that. Yeah. Seth, Pinnock, thank you very much, bro. Thanks, bro. This has been Conversation with H with the amazing Seth Pinnock. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll have some more content for you soon.